Welcome to episode 119 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary. Hi. Hi. Wow. What a shitty fucking week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My shitty week started last Friday and continued. I, I mean, besides last night, which was amazing. Oh, fucking, last night this was so like, nice. Just fucking blow oh, me, Adam. It's fucking awful. But yeah, so I want to talk about Adam. We went to a party last night to celebrate Adam, who is a good friend of ours. Through met him through all of the work that we do, the volunteer work, and he, um, his company was going through some changes, and so he was like, you know, let me see what else I got out there. And he put a line out and got a job back in his hometown of Chicago. Aww which is incredible. So I'm really, really excited for him. And we had a great dinner last night. I drank too much fucking wine. (laughs) I mean, it was quite a party. It was. (laughs) I have never been to a dinner party where I basically ate all of the the stuff beforehand. It was Uh, so full. And then the dinner was chicken, which I couldn't eat anyway. But I know it was was delicious. So good. That James made. And then um, I was drinking a lot of wine. And then we had to hear about what hear about and then watch what I would describe as light porn. Oh, I thought you were going to just talk about like all the crazy political stuff. Well, that, that was before. <laughs> that's that's foreplay for me. Yeah. <laughs> so we basically beforehand talked about all of these incredible races with oh great people God. who gave us, in, you know, all the insight that we already kind of knew, but then got more info about all of these fucking races that are happening yeah. in Broward, which are so wow. fucking exciting. And then, so I'm all worked up and hot and heavy, you know. <laughs> That's how you get my juices flowing. I'm like, ah! oh my god! And then, uh, and then Emma tells us about this movie. Yeah, it's this movie. <laughs> and it's so, it, it was, it was the I've I don't think I've ever seen a cheesier. It's uh, so fucking ridiculous. Plot. Yeah, there's dialogue. no plot. There's it's no just plot. Watch these two good-looking people fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I got it. I you saw me. Yes. They there was they're like, "Okay, the scene is coming." Like we're fast-forwarding just to the fuck scenes. Oh and my god. This girl turns to walk away and he grabs her by the back of the neck and I fell, she off, fell off the, the fucking <laughs> couch. And then I'm laying on Jason's floor and I go, "I just want somebody <laughs> to touch me." I it just was want great. somebody to touch me. Great. Grab that fucking neck. Holy shit. It was so funny. Hot. It was hot. That it, was the funniest part. The whole part premise of the is so fucking night. ridiculous. It does. I don't even know what it was. I don't either. And but damn. And it, I'm sorry, but it was it, real. Like, that was real fucking. Wasn't no. It? Come on. It was not. No. Anyway, they went on to quite was, a few number Netflix. of scenes. It, <laughs> it was. So uh, we're in a room with what ten people watching this, and yeah. I was just like, "Ha, ah, what's going on?" <laughs> I was, was like, fun. "I gotta I mean, go, you guys. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go home real quick." Oh my god! Woo! Yeah, poor Adam is sitting there. I was like, "Oh, he must be so out of his mind." He was very uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't seem like something he'd be Aww. into watching with a bunch of people. Yeah, but. But it was fun. I mean, it was just making fun. It was, he, it yes, was good. It was funny. And so, uh, yeah, so God, good oh, luck to you, Adam. Adam. He's a patron of this podcast, has been for a long, long time. He's so super supportive. Super supportive. He's so smart. So smart. So kind. So smart. Uh, funny. Funny. Always loved giving Alfredo shit, which I fucking love. <laughs> Enjoy. Anybody's going to give, throw him uh, some shade. I'm fucking here for it. Um, so yeah. yes, good luck, Adam, and I will see you in Chicago. No fucking Ooh. doubt about it. We are gonna go visit you. I would. Sure. I do like the idea of a resistance brunch <laughs> yes. trip to Chicago. Yes, yes, yes. 
Um, I also, I wanted to bring up, so we, so also during this week, we went to meet, uh, Eunuch Ortiz, who's running for the Florida Senate over in St. Pete. I wish I had her seat number right now, but I don't remember the the district. Um, she's amazing. I met her at the LGBTQ state caucus. So she remembered me from that. Thank God. She, she said, um, the one thing I love that she said was she was talking about building the bench and she's mm. like, you know, we always talk about building the bench. And then I realized I am the bench. Yes. And I was like, wow. And also she said that night, the same thing. Yeah, I, re- so I remember. Good. Yeah. I remember her from uh, the caucus. She said, we live in paradise. We've just been terribly mismanaged for the last 30 years. And I was uh, like, I love that. That's, she said that that yeah. night too. And it was so, it's so true. So uh, they had a little, fu- a couple little fundraisers for her here. Because you got to go where the money is, honey. We're in Blue Broward. Come and yeah. get the fucking money from the Blue Broward, everybody in Broward. And this is, I mean, there's <clears throat> actually a, a good chance that she can flip. Yeah, they recut blue. it. So she's an open lesbian uh, or an out lesbian. And so she they recut this district to be more like liberal. And so she's like, there's a really good chance we're going to flip yeah. it. And the person. I just, like this whole cutting of everything. Yeah. I just, where, where was it? I think they did it in Broward where they had like an independent group come in. mm um, to actually cut it like in a fair way. And I just wish it like, why can't we move to that? Why is it? I don't like that. It's whoever's in power gets to cut. Like, I hate yeah, that. And that's, and so now that it's, it's like just, that, how's that ever going to change? And then it's 10 years and 10 years. Yeah. Like, just, we got to stop it and just bring in an outside party mm. that knows how to do the math mm-hmm. and cut the districts fairly. It's, yeah. it's like ridiculous at this point. It's stupid. I agree. And we see it in the, I mean, we're going to see it this election seat. It's going to be a mess. DeSantis is now calling for a special session because he doesn't like the maps. There's a certain such a baby. Yeah. There's some districts up in Northern Florida where uh, it's a heavily black area, which tend to go uh, Democrat. He wants those cut up. And so those folks are going to lose a lot of their power because with their, how they're going to cut it, they'll have a more heavily Republican area and their representative will be a DeSantis pick or something like that. And they won't, they won't have the representation that they deserve. This is, I mean, uh, are we supposed to be in America? Because it doesn't feel like we're in America. It doesn't. It's it's like whatever this move that this country is moving towards is frightening and terrible. And it keeps getting worse to me. Yeah. And the word, the, the thing that's insane is that like a lot of the lawmakers since the session ended have been tweeting about, the things that they could have done to help Floridians in this session that they didn't do because they were doing the don't say gay or 15 week abortion yeah. ban or like, et cetera, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Housing. Yeah. Housing like, like, like <laughs> uh, health um, or um, health insurance, you know, homeowners insurance, things like Pro- that. Yeah, property. So insurance. yes, it's funny that this is what he's calling back a special session for. Like y- he can call a special session anytime he wants to, but it's really fucked up that he's calling it back for district maps to hold on to power, to create more uh, Republican red he's power. He's so gross. Um, and then he said something yesterday, which I thought was so fucking interesting, and I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it, but he said that he doesn't want Stacey Abrams to win in Georgia because then it will be a cold war between Florida and Georgia. And I was like, in what, what? universe? Uh, Nobody, <laughs> what, where the fuck is what his is head? Yeah. It yeah. doesn't even make any sense. A cold war, there's no war brewing now. Yeah. Like, there's nothing, there's no... People, what the fuck are you talking about? He's insane. But people are going to vote for him. They're going to go in and yeah. they're going to oh, check no. the box. Tina, it's going to be, he's going because to be reelected. Because they love him. Tina, love he's, he, I, I don't see any other way around this. Oh, no, Nikki, Nikki's got to do it. Oh, she's got to, but. Oh, God. Oh, God. I know. Okay. At the Eunuch Ortiz event, 
I see this young lady and I'm like, that girl looks very familiar to me. Why does this girl look so familiar? And then I see her name tag and it says Ella. And I was like, oh <laughs> shit. I said, girl, this is the girl that we met at the Dolphin Dems holiday party. Yes. She was one of those beautiful, lovely volunteers, young volunteers from high school who manned the table so that we could, or woman the table so that we could enjoy the event. Yes. And we had talked to her and I don't know if y'all remember, but we said, you know, she, she, she's like, I listened to the podcast. I'd love to come on and give the young person's point yes. of view with her other volunteer. And I was like, cause she's Let's involved in politics. It. And I was like, absolutely. I immediately <laughs> sent her an email like the next day. Yeah. Never heard anything crickets. And I was like, well, maybe she didn't really want to come on the podcast. And we were worried like yes. maybe because she's under 18. Like yes. we didn't know. We didn't, we know, didn't know what like, we were going to do. Her parents. Yeah. So we never heard anything. So I see her at this event and I go, bro, what's up? Like why? <laughs> I emailed you. She goes, I emailed you back. And I was like, <gasps> I know. And then I was like, oh what? my God, did I forget? I was so worried that I had yeah. missed an email. She goes, oh yeah. I emailed you. I copied everybody. And I said, you're kidding. I said, this is insane. I said, do you? did you say you wanted to come on the podcast? And she's like, yeah, we want to come on. And I'm like, oh my God. Wow. So she pulled later on in the night, she pulls up the email. I said, pull it. I want to see it. So she pulls it up. She sent it to other people. Like it wasn't sent to us. And I was like, oh, thank God we didn't fuck this yes. up because I would have been really upset about that. But so come she's on, the, amazing. Come on the podcast. Yeah, she's amazing. And her it would be friends can have come that on. perspective. Oh, and she's like, what do you want to talk about? So she had brought up mental health, which I thought was really, really interesting to talk to young people about, um, you know, their view on mental health now, because it's totally different than when we were in high school. They for have sure. such a more um, awareness. Yeah. And maturity we, about and it or because something. Because at least in my time, like we didn't really talk about it. Mm -mm. You know, like it wasn't as open to talk about what issues you were facing or anything like that. Yeah. So I like that there's an openness. It reminds me of what Rob said to me when I did the that record got me high podcast and we were talking about Phoebe Bridgers and like being so open about, you know, and I said, Yeah, these kids write about it. They put it in their songs, you know, whatever. And he's like, Yeah, in our generation, you would just pack it down. You just push down <laughs> those those feelings, those emotions, uh, you know. He goes, I don't know if we're healthier now. Maybe we're a little more angry, but we yeah, just push everything no, down. Angry. Like that's how I was. <laughs> I was like, push everything down. Woo! But uh, yeah. yeah, so I'm excited about them coming on. And I I thought we could do it here, like do it yes. in person. It would be fun. And speaking of like finally getting our shit together, we finally have a date and time when we're going to record with Super Media Bros. Oh, finally. Jesus. My God. Yes. I mean, that's been going on since December. Like how long is that? I know. I Guys. Mean, well, it's, it's their schedule. Fault. It's our schedules. Like everybody's schedules it's are just, so busy. It's very hard. Yeah. But I'm super excited. And I got to make time this week to watch the movie. Yeah. So we're yep. going to record with them next Saturday. Yes. And uh, we're going to be guests on his podcast. Yes. So he's on our Odd Pods uh, media family. It's Super Media Bros. We'll put it out too and we'll, you know, not put it out, but we'll. We're going to put the video out, I think. Yeah, we're yeah. going to put the video out mm -hmm. and we'll link to it. Oh yeah, we'll share all, all the. Yeah, we'll share first. everything. So that's exciting. Uh, and uh, we're going to watch a, they watch all these like really great B movies, shit you've never fucking heard of. And I it's so great. And have that. commentary throughout it. It's so good. So we are going to watch, we could talk about what movie we're going to watch, right? Because I think we've already mentioned it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're like. Yeah, okay. So fuck it. It's all right. Richie, Richie, it. be cool. Be cool. Yeah, bro. forgive us. Um, we're going to watch, uh, because we're a political podcast, <laughs> we're going to watch Abraham Lincoln Vampire oh Killer. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait either. I'm so excited. I've never seen it, so I'm so excited. I haven't either. I love this idea of mashing those two things. Yes. I mean, my we're, God. There was a few years ago where that was like a thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because they did like a Jane Austen one or something. Yeah. I think these right. are books. Pride, like these a books? Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah. And oh, so good. Something else. I forget. So the last thing I want to mention is that we have a new Supreme Court motherfucking justice. Woo! Bitch. <gasps> Bitch. I was, I teared up. Girl. When me I too. Wa- me too. It's fucking incredible. It's, it's incredible. It's so exciting. Ugh. And I'm so happy. And of course, those assholes had to walk out that they don't even have the maturity <laughs> or respect. Oh, who cares? Fuck them. You know, I, I just, it's the just. Fuck out. Bye. Bye. I'm just sick of it. It's like, so now like, that's it. Like if it's not our pickle, like we are going to be petulant babies. And listen, like, can, can we move it, past it, this? Can we be adults? Listen. Can I, we elect adults? No, you can't. It's so ridiculous. But I, my favorite thing ever, there's a great, I retweeted it. I don't know if I did it from the muck, but. There's a really great video clip of all these Republicans and it's right on that committee. And right before they vote no, they give this two minute fucking like incredible fucking speech about this woman, this justice. Yeah. uh, Brown Jackson. Is it Jackson Brown? Brown Jackson. And she and how great she is and all of these and all of these things and going on and on about her. And they're like but I'm going to vote no. And I was like, it's like one clip after the uh, other. And I was just like, you guys look like fucking they're idiots. idiots. It's they're like idiots. fools. The other so thing stupid. is that Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell, who said, you know, uh, that he would never give a, a Supreme court. Like they hold out. Yeah. Um, that he supports. Yeah. He would support a Donald, Donald Trump uh, coming back in the election. That He would support it. Oh if Donald God. Trump, well, yeah, of course support, he would. Look at how I much have fun to support he had. the Republican nominee. Like, wow, that really looked you? like him when you just did that. <laughs> that was so good, uh, Tina. Like, do you ha- do like do you do you have to do that? I think. Um, listen, think about oh how God. great that fucking run was for them those four years. I mean, those Senate Dem- Republicans and House members had oh, a they barreled, field day. They, barreled they had so much through. fun. And they they saw that fucking circus clown coming a mile away and said, let's use this to our advantage. Yeah. And they fucking did. And they passed and they so used, much stuff. It's fucking insane. And then they want to like try like, to like even pull- talk about Biden. And it's like, I know Biden, you know, like I get like, you know, the lukewarmness about Biden. But at the same time, like I feel like with what he's dealing with. Yeah. He's not doing a bad job. You know Listen, what I mean? He's he's trying he he's doing some of the things that he said he would do of uh, putting a, a a black woman on the supreme you know Listen, all the things like we the got vice a black president, vice president you woman. know all the things that he said he was going to do he's trying to do like he's he's put the halt on the student loans like well, he you should know, cancel it but all right he should cancel it please yeah. I'm waiting yeah. I'm waiting come on bro they they've been uh, uh, reviewing my file since December Bitch. December mm-hmm. yeah I called and they said that. Because he had he has opened up and they they've changed and relaxed the rules of allowing people to get the loan forgiveness, mm. that they have the same amount of staff and they didn't realize the amount because they have to go by hand mm. through people's files. Wow, and it's like millions of files were wow. all filed around the time that I filed because we all want this money gone. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, before it would take like a month, maybe at the most. She's like, it could be another two or three months before I hear anything. Wow. Well, oh, at least please. you know you've got it in there. Like, like, like yes. that part's done. And she and the lady was like, I was like, oh, what do you think? And she's like, look, you know, I'm not a betting person. She's like, well, I'd give my entire salary and then some that it's good. She's like looking at it. She's like, there's no way they're not going to forgive it. Good, so I'm like, Tina. please. So I'm That's just like waiting. News. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Okay, I'm going to like, I don't even know what I'll do. Oh my God. I don't even know. 
That's that's good. But it should be for everyone. It should be for everyone. But I I hear what you're saying. Like I'm I wasn't a Biden primary person. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I vote for the I mean, Democrat in Grandpa the election. The general, for like months. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get the the you know. Yes. I, I'm not a cheerleader for him, and 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 you know. <sighs> I don't know how to bring this up. I probably won't bring it up. I won't be very specific, but there's candidates running now here that I don't, um, I, I will vote for, but I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know what we're doing. And it's such a, so it's part of the conversation we we're having last night, like such a top to the, to the bottom, just complete disorganization yeah. and lack of forward thinking and, any and sort I of think, progress in this party yeah. and in the state. And it's just so unfortunate it's, that we, so we haven't worked on building a bench and putting people in places where they deserve to be or running more than more than two or three Democrats in a right, primary right. that are like significant fucking candidates running against yes. each other. It's incredible. Like, let's talk for a second about Ben Sorensen, who's a Fort Lauderdale commissioner. I mean, I don't have, I'm not, I mean, you know, I've met Ben Sorensen. He's a hell of a nice guy. Hell of a nice guy. He's going to run for the Ted Deutsch seat against Jared Moskowitz, who's basically God fucking Zilla out there. Yeah. Like raised so much fucking money. And it's like, can we just put everything behind Moskowitz? Like, can can we do that? And honestly, here's the thing about Jared Moskowitz. Like there's, there's times like, because we're super into this fucking shit where somebody goes, I'm going to run for the seat. And you're like, yep, good. Bye. See you later. Yeah. Like there's no question in my fucking mind that Jared Moskowitz should have that seat. And it's not, I'm not trying to be like everybody had run for what you're supposed to no, yeah, or no, ever, whatever, right. but like this is his seat. It's very clear to me. It makes no, uh, nobody else makes sense. The seat is a West Broward seat in my opinion, right. even though Deutsch was my rep here. Right. God rest in peace. My love, <laughs> my love Deutsch. Mm. Oh, that bald head. I want to rub (laughs) oil on his head and make out with that motherfucker so hard. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm lonely. Um, (laughs) I feel like, uh, but that's Moskowitz's seat. So I don't understand Sorensen announcing who's Fort Lauderdale, which is East Broward. Yeah. Him announcing he's going to run it. I don't know who's advising him. Who's, who's mentoring him, yeah. who's giving him advice. I don't know Ben Sorensen personally, but yeah. I don't fucking get it. It makes no sense to me. And I would say this to any sort of candidate, be aware of who you're surrounding yourself yes. with because there are leeches. Yes. Leeches. That's the thing that's so have interesting. Held, and they've held significant titles here in Broward County, yeah. right? That will tell you that you're the perfect candidate and here's how you can win. Right. You have to be very careful because if your ego and you listening to this bullshit gets ahead of what's actual reality, you are going to put yourself in a position need, where you're going to be humiliated. And what? But but and and I just wish at yes. the end of the day, it's yes. what we need right. for our state. What's best for the people? Yes. Not best for you. Yes. And 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 I, I'm sure he's running for the right reasons. Oh, of course. But. What's best for the people is to elect Moskowitz to get the fuck up to Congress and keep doing the and work that Ted doing. Deutsch was doing. Yeah. That's what we need. We do not need this shenanigans and 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 not to be taken seriously. This is a this is a no-brainer. That's the thing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's a no-brainer seat. It makes no sense whatsoever what the hell he's doing. I I, I don't get I it know. at all. I, I don't know. get it. I know. But you know what? Good luck. Good Ugh. luck to you. Uh I don't know, right? 
Are we ready? Yes. Oh, okay. it's, oh I go first. Yes. So I found, I was looking for like scandals Ooh. and Ooh. I saw this guy's name and then I was like, his scandal, which I'll mention in here, is nothing compared to like the actual job he was doing, which I had never heard of before. So I'm going to talk about the Office of Alien Property Custodian. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> and when I saw it, I was like, what aliens? I'm like, <gasps> alien property custodian. <gasps> wait. Yeah. Oh, can I try to guess what it yeah. is? Okay. Alien property custodian. Is this like um, people who are like, you know, immigrating in or crossing the border and they have all their shit and they're like, oh, you can't be here, but we're going to take all your shit. And then they do something with it. Yeah. <gasps> like that, do they steal I it? mean, it's that, but it's also like huge corporations and companies <gasps> and wealthy, wealthy people. But yes, yes. And they take yes. their shit? They take their shit. Do they ever get it back? Bitch, let me tell, get the story going. <laughs> the end. <laughs> they don't get it back. <laughs> Tina, your turn. What's your story? <laughs> All right. So I just wow. love alien. Anything that says alien, yeah. I'm like <laughs> fucking here for it. Um, and okay. I feel like, to, like today are we still using that term to talk about other people like no there are have, well there are people who do yeah like don't we have a better they more, say illegal immigrants yeah i don't know I or feel like, alien yeah yeah I yes, like alien yes. isn't a little not derogatory but i don't know like i don't know well i don't like hmm. the title who do i write to it's over. This office is closed anyway, bitch. <laughs> Get in your time machine and go back. Okay. Okay. Tell me everything. <laughs> so the Office of Alien Property Custodian was an office within the government of the United States during World War One and again during World War II, serving as a custodian to property that belonged to U.S. enemies. Oh. Now, and so we'll get into okay, it. Okay. Well, you, you are correct that when people would come into the country, yeah. like... um like uh, like Japanese <gasps> Americans, remember they put them in internment oh camps and things like that. They God. would take their houses, they would take their money, <gasps> they would take. Bitch. Oh. Okay, because right, because we are. If anything, humans are paranoid as fuck, and they will say this is the other, which they do all the time. Oh yeah, and this is why they're wrong, and this is why they should be ousted, or this is why they should oh, be jailed. This is why we should put them in camps. Jeez. Like this is goes throughout history all yeah. the time. I mean, it's happening in the Ukraine. Oh, they will not let these African migrants get the fuck out of that country. They're holding them there. The Ukrainian government is doing that. So like, oh. can we fucking talk about that, please? I mean, if I got to see this pre the Ukrainian <sighs> president on the news all the time, you know, talking about how he needs help, he also needs to be a humanitarian. Oh Do you know God. what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that story. All right, anyway. The office was created in 1917 by Executive Order 2729-A under the Trading with the Enemy Act 1917, uh, and it's also called TWEA, which is what I'll call it going forward, in order to, quote, assume control and dispose of enemy-owned property in the United States and its possessions, end quote. So Section 6 of the TWEA authorized the president to, an appoint, to appoint an official known as the alien property custodian who is responsible for quote receiving holding administering and accounting for all money and property in the united states due or belonging to an enemy or ally of an enemy end quote oh my now oh like God. imagine again that paranoia of like yeah. you're now it's like the red scare it's like the lavender yeah. scare like yeah. you know you're just accusing people 
of being yeah, and then enemies. During war, whoever. Yeah, if on you that have a German side, accent yeah, and you're in America, geez. you better be careful, right? Jeez. So the TWEA was originally enacted during World War One, quote, to permit under careful safeguards and restrictions certain kinds of business to be carried on among warring nations and to provide for the caring and administration of the property and property rights of enemies and their allies in this country pending the war. End quote. Okay. So created in uh, October 1917 within the United States Department of Justice. Um, it, so it changed hands over the years where it was like under the Department of Justice. And then it was under, um, then it was finally under the Treasury Department because of the foreign assets control, because they were amassing so much money, so much property. What? Yeah. So the Justice Department seems to kind of make sense, right? Like yeah. we're going after people. We're going to investigate them. We're going to yeah. try them or and see then if we're going to take right? their stuff. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to hold their stuff until we have determined whether they are a an ally to the United States or an enemy, right? And so, but to go to, when it goes under the and, s- and someone is Treasury like, Department, and someone is like making the list of all the things. Yes. That okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So during World War One, President Woodrow Wilson appointed A. Mitchell Palmer, a political ally and, and former congressman, to be the first alien property custodian in October 1917. He held the position until March 4th, 1919. Uh, a wartime government official, the custodian had responsibility for the seizure administration and sometimes the sale of enemy property in the United States. Oh my God. <laughs> so they just auction off everybody's Yes. Shit. <laughs> wow. <laughs> God, it's you this, know cops I, do this too. Don't, don't the police like oh, take yeah, people's shit? Yeah, they have shit? police auctions all the time. Oh my god! Yeah. So yeah, they seize. I don't know like how it works or what they're seizing. Like, is it because I went to one of like these. drugs in a car? Can they take the car? Um, I don't know, but I went to um, so oh, like a so, like an auction. So in my neighborhood, there was this house where they built like they took two properties and made like this huge mm. house. Yeah. And the guy that was living there, there was like a police, like he got, he ended up like committing suicide because he was like um, doing like a Bernie Madoff mm. kind of thing. Madoff? Madoff, a Bernie Madoff thing where he was do, but it was like in Boca Raton mm. and it was millions of dollars. And then they found out and then he like k- killed himself. So they Jesus. seized the house and they had this day where you could go in the house so everyone in the neighborhood was like well, we always wanted to see inside the house <laughs> and it was like it was so gaudy like i, oh, I don't God. know like the guy had um like uh, mafia figures like as dolls you know oh my god and then he had himself made as a doll and um there was one room where it was just all like sunglasses like all designer sunglasses like uh, and it's just all of this guy's stuff. But the one room that was crazy was he had a weapons room. Oh, my God. And in there, it was like swords and knives and like um, torture. It was all of these crazy, like medieval weapons. Jesus. That he must have bought. I don't know how much, but like you could like bid on that stuff. And then um, he had World War One like ammo boxes. Like he had all this crazy stuff. Like we walked around. We were like. Fur rugs, oh my god! Animal skins. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, they sold everything in the house. So I don't those debts. He's got people he's got to repay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Like because he scammed all that money, Mm -hmm. so now they gotta yeah. Restitution and there was a huge, huge, like huge safe that they had to drill into. Ooh, yeah, Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, what? That reminds me of Goodfellas. Going on in this house? Is it Goodfellas? We're trying to get into the safe. Yes. I love it so much. So, um, 
Palmer was also allowed to take control of property that might hinder the war effort. So now we're getting to new territory, right? Including oh. all property belonging to interned immigrants, whether they had been charged with a crime or not. Wow. This is unbelievable. Yeah. So Palmer's background in law and banking qualified him for the position, along with his party loyalty and intimate knowledge of political patronage. So that's the other thing. We talk, we've talked about patronage before, but like <sighs> it's a very Chicago kind of old school, like you do favors for everybody, right? Yeah. So he would appoint friends to positions. It's crazy, man. So under Palmer's leadership, the custodian employed hundreds of officials. So the seized assets, uh, oh, the size of the God. assets the custodian controlled only became clear over the next year, right? So they're taking all the stuff in and then they're putting reports out and they start to realize, like, people starting to understand like how much shit they have. So in January, 1918. And this is whether or not people are guilty. Like yes! you, we've put, cause I know that they, they, they did the internment camps. Yes. And now they've taken all of their stuff. Yes. And they're going to sell it or do whatever the hell they want with yes. it. Yes. Oh, my God. So in 19, January 1918, the New York Times wrote that Palmer's organization turned into, quote, the biggest trust institution in the world, a director of vast business enterprises of varied nature, a detective agency, and a court of equity, end quote. <laughs> Late in 1918, Palmer reported that he was managing almost 30,000 trusts with assets worth half a billion dollars. <gasps> in 1918? In 1918. Oh, my God. He estimated that another 9,000 trusts were worth $300 million that were awaiting evaluation. So this wasn't even, they hadn't even gone through all the shit they had. This is billions and billions this? of dollars. I, how are they doing this? They're just taking shit? Yeah. And it's all kind of stuff. Property. Yes. It's money. Companies. <gasps> companies. Taking full fucking companies away from people. Bro. Many of the enterprises in question produced materials significant to the war effort, such as medicines, glycerin for explosive charcoal oh. for gas masks, right? Others included mines, brewing companies, and <gasps> newspaper publishing. No. Yes. How Palmer, did they take someone's company? Because they say you are an enemy of the fucking state. And now we own your stuff. Yes. What? There's laws like this is a law. Like we have proof that you do this or whatever. And- or you're of this background or whatever. Yes. Wow. That's really what it was. It was this racist wow. kind of like, yeah. So Palmer built a team of professionals with banking expertise, as well as an investigative bureau to, tr bureau to track down well-hidden assets below the top level positions. He can distribute jobs as patron patronage, right? So for example, he appointed one of his fellow members of the Democratic National Committee to serve as counsel for a textile company. And another, the vice president of a shipping line. So not only is he taking these companies, he's putting his friends in charge of them. Giving oh, them fucking shipping jobs. Line. Giving like, them that jobs. That has to be worth so much yeah. money. Oh my God, dude. Even the textile company. Holy shit. Yeah. In September 1918, Palmer testified at hearings held by the U.S. Senate's Overman Committee that the United, uh, that the United States Brewers Association and the rest of the overwhelmingly German liquor industry <gasps> harbored pro-German sentiments. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're, oh so my God. This is like, see what you see what's happening, right? Like this is not okay. No, no, no. They're just like, how can we make money? How can, what can we steal? Yeah. He stated that quote, German brewers of America in association with, association with the United States Brewers Association had attempted to buy a great newspaper and quote, control the government and state and nation end quote, and generally had unpatriotic uh, views of America and had pro-German sympathies. But, but there was probably no proof. Of course not. Yeah. Okay. But they try to buy a paper. Yeah. Like so they're what? like, they're, they're, oh, papers they're going to change like, the yeah, hearts and minds yeah, of the United States. Yeah. They're going to be like, it's a, it's a propaganda machine. They're oh going to, yeah. 
So he wanted to seize the estate of the late Adolphus Bush, Bush Beer, right? <gasps> Whose wife was stranded in Europe during the war and, su- and succeeded in seizing the property of another <gasps> brewer, George A. Hart, or Arit, Arit, E-H-R-E-T. The assets of the Orenstein and Copel Company, the, the Bosch Mag- Magneto Company, the Hamburg American Shipping Line, the German American Lumber Company, the New, New York Even Evening Mail, as well <gasps> as 20 German insurance companies were seized. What? Yeah. You have to be kidding me. No. Among other significant seizures, the United States assets of the chemical company Bayer. Oh, like the medicine? The medicine <gasps> were auctioned off and it lost its U.S. patent for aspirin. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need a drink. Oh, my God. Dude. So- so, okay, you have to keep going because I got to yeah. know, does anybody get their stuff back? Girl, please. Oh, In April no. 1919, the president of the Chemical Foundation, Inc., and Palmer's successor, Francis Patrick Garvin, transferred 4,500 German chemical patents valued at $8 million <gasps> to the Chemical Foundation, paying only $250,000 for them. And the oh Chemical Foundation, God. in turn, licensed patents to American <gasps> companies. Oh, my God. And we're probably still buying shit from these American companies yeah. that are like complicit in this yeah. takeover of another person's ideas and things. Yes. <gasps> that's the fucked up part. You know, immigrants yeah, like, come yes. here and to, that, to start oh a be- have a better life and have a good idea. Oh and they start God. a company or whatever their fucking thing. They start brewing wow. beer that they learned back in the old country, right? Yeah. And they come here and they start doing their shit. Wow. Yeah. You know, I have a beer named after me, right? Oh, I saw that. Bitch. <laughs> Hi. I saw that. Hi. Wow. Girls, she's got it going on. <laughs> it's, I don't. It's completely sad life. Okay, so. It's, what? <clears throat> so anyway. Um, <laughs> it's called, what is it called? Hillary up in smoke? No, no. It's Hillary, Hillary in the clouds. clouds. Hillary, Hillary in the, in the clouds. clouds. Which Aww. means when I'm floating. Yeah, it's kind of sweet. It's so cute. Oh, God. I think it's cute. Anyway, so the confiscated property, the, how they would dispose of this. So Palmer said that the alien property custodian kept, quote, the biggest general store in the country, end quote. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, let me go in and it's see like the, yeah. all these Americans. Let me let me see what company I could take home This today. is the five and dime, bitch. I'll take the yeah. bush beer. Yeah. I'll take yeah. aspirin. Yeah. I'll take this. Thank you. Hey, buddy, what do you want to run? You want to run a fucking textile company? Wow. Come on down. Yes. Here's, your, here's your new salary. Like what wow. the fuck, dude? I would look. Oh so you got to tell me, like, uh, like is Bush? Did Bush ever get? Bush no, no, no. Beer? They never. They never. He attempted to take oh, Bush, attempted, but he never. Okay. He never was Ooh. able to do it. All they probably wouldn't be around anymore. You know, which probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Who the fuck drinks that? I don't know. I, I don't drink either. beer really. Anyway, <laughs> altogether, the United States government compensated close to five hundred million dollars of foreign assets during the World War One, and in 1921, Congress, while adopting the Joint resolution terminating the state of war between the imperial uh, german government and the united states of america and between the this is the name of the uh the bill and between the imperial and royal austria austro-hungarian government and the united states of america specified that all seized property had re- remained in the united states ownership also the trading with the enemy act of 1917 was not terminated right so it's like this thing's wow. going to keep going I mean, and there's, and, and it's this, a lucrative thing. Yeah, and in this act, they're like, by the way, we're keeping all that shit. So, fuck you. Wow. It stayed dormant until nineteen thirty, until March oh. 1933, when Franklin D. Roosevelt invoked it to enforce a week-long bank holiday of <gasps> 1933. And in 1925, the... Office of Alien Property Custodians still control $300 million worth of Holy alien property cow. with half of that amount in cash money. Ooh. 
cash. Oh, somebody had $150 million. Who was walking away every day with some cash in their pocket? Right. I mean, because like when you're at three, however millions of dollars, like they're not going to notice if it's a thousand dollars shy or, you know what I mean? Here and there. Yeah. But I would think they're keeping pretty good records. But because, but here's why it's all legal. Like this whole thing is legal. I'm just saying like they're legally taking it, but there's gotta be somebody in there. That's like, I want a little taste of this and taking shit out. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why (laughs) these mob movies are in my head, but I keep thinking about, uh, now I'm thinking about casino. You know that when they go into the room and they're, oh, those people are counting all that that money. Damn. Money, 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 money. Okay, so (laughs) later criticism of Palmer's and his successor's performances, uh, performance, especially Thomas W. Miller's, focused less on legality of their appointments of the fees, but or the fees earned by political cronies, but on the sale of enemy assets. So there were safeguards in place, but competitive bidding meant nothing when an auction was rigged by withholding information from all participants. Again, they're helping their friends, right? So more revelations took years to surface, and the connections between Palmer and direct profits proved too tenuous to support his indictment so this they were like, this is the first the first person who ran it palmer yeah was being looked into all the time because they were saying like you're saying like there's maybe they're not taking yeah. actual cash off the top but they're, they're benefiting in other well, ways well i mean the the, the, the auctioning it, it reminds me what was that stupid reality show where they go and buy like the the little like pods and their shit inside do you know what i'm talking about no like storage. Oh, 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 storage wars. Storage wars. Yeah, it, yeah, this yeah. is like an amped up version of storage wars where it's like all rigged. Yeah. You know, and yeah. hey, Johnny, bid on this one. Yeah. If Hey, I won't give all these people the information yes. and I won't let them know when we're going to auction yes. so you can get it. By the way, yes. when you win, you're going to give me $100,000, yes. right? Wow. Yeah. So however. I'm never Thomas, involved in these kind of scams. No, no, no. And even if somebody offered it to me, I'd be like, yeah, I think it's I a good mean, idea. I mean, no, 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 no. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. But, but I'm like, dang. Man. I know. They, uh, everybody can find a way to scam. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like life has scammed me in some way. <laughs> and I'm always trying to figure out how to get it back on track. Oh. But it's like there's too much, too much shit happens in one at one yes. time. Like this whole week has been like shit, 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 shit. Ugh. Right? It's like, when is there going to be a moment? Oh, I'm you know when? Chill. When I'm walking around Ikea later. And oh. I'm like this, dizzy from all the fucking shit that I want to buy. I'm going to Ikea, bitch, today. I went, we went a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's so much stuff, and There's I... There's so much stuff. Oh, one day. I know, I know. So, <laughs> uh, one of the custodians later on, his name was Thomas W. Miller, and this is the person that I saw, and it was just this little bit. Like, I really don't even have a lot of information about how he... Like, but he gets in trouble. Like, they actually get enough information about oh, on good. him to get him enough evidence. So he was caught in the act and served jail time for taking a $50,000 bribe, Ooh. right? So he served in the um, administration of United States President Warren G. Harding and was convicted in 1927 of conspiracy to defraud the U.S. government. Okay. The conviction concerned Miller's service as the alien property custodian <laughs> and the effort by, I'm not going to, uh. this is going to be a hell of a, this is a long word name and I'm, it's Metal Gelschenschaft okay. AG of Germany <laughs> to overturn the U.S. government's confiscation of its interest in the American metal company during <gasps> World War One. And oh he's, my so God. then he ends up serving 18 months in prison and was paroled in 1929 and pardoned by the United States oh, President Herbert Hoover in 1933. Na- oh, Hoover. Yeah. So give me a break. That's what was happening. There was there was custodians that were always being investigated and and like what you were saying where they're taking something. Yeah. So. 
He, uh, back to Palmer, he successfully campaigned to keep the powers to sell confiscated assets within the Office of Custodian. So he was wanting to hang on to that. And he promised to hinder Germany's industrial expansion after the war. Even when Germany was facing an inevitable defeat, Palmer insisted on continuing his crusade to make American industry independent of German investment wow. with major sales of the seized assets and the metals industry oh in the God. spring of 1919. He offered his rationale in a speech to an audience of lawyers. He said, quote, the war power is of necessity and inherent power in every sovereign nation. It is the power of self-preservation and that power has no limits other than the extent of the emergency, end quote. Wow. So it's just, you know, it's almost it's, like his dick is hard because yeah, of the war. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's enjoying it. And it's like kill the yes, enemy at yes. every at every angle, you know? Wow. And even though... And then you cut him off financially. And, 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 you know, I mean, I'm not a big, like, rah-rah corporations, but these are German citizens, again, who have their well, own business. People, I like, mean, why are you the coming metal, up to And them? the metal industry during wartime? But they're doing... They're, they're regular... Not regular folks, but you know what I mean? They're not government. It's not, this is not yes. the government. This is not no, the no, army no, no, or the no. military. These are people. These are people. They're civilians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So World War II. In, in May, I'm um, sorry, March 11th, 1942, President Franklin D. Roosevelt issued Executive Order 9095, establishing the Office of the Alien Property Custodian as an independent agency under his direct authority. Oh, oh. So he appointed Leo Crowley, a former banker and chair of the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, as the custodian. And during the war, uh, they amassed a vast portfolio of enemy property, including real estate, business enterprises, ships, and intellectual property in oh. the form of trademarks, <gasps> copyrights, patents, and oh. pending patent applications. Following Nikola Tesla's death at the New Yorker Hotel in 1943, the custodian seized much of Tesla's work from his what? hotel room, even through Tes even though Tesla was an American citizen. No. The government is so fucking wow. shady, bro. The government wow. is shady. I'm writing that down. Wow. <laughs> So in 1947, Assistant Attorney General David L. Bazelon took over as head of the Office of Alien Property Custodian. He remained in the post until he received a recess appointment from President Truman um, in October 1949. To a, he was put to a new seat at the United States Court of Appeals for District of Columbia Circuit. Like, it's just so, like, they, friends they, moving yeah. friends. It's so fucked up. And before he was seated on the bench... Harold L. Eakes, a key figure in the Roosevelt administration, indicated that Bazelon's activities as head of the Office of Alien Property Custodian warranted a Senate investigation, oh. but predicted nothing would come of it. And they didn't. They didn't oh. uh, investigate him. That's nice. In 1953, <laughs> President Dwight Eisenhower appointed Dallas Townsend Sr., Assistant United States Attorney General, heading the Justice Department's uh, alien property. So now he's in charge and he held that until 1960. Dang. Townsend supervised the seizure of enemy property and assets that had been seized during World War II. Testifying before a U.S. subcommittee in 1957, Townsend argued that a return of 10% of seized enemy property was a sufficient amount. <gasps> That's nothing. Yeah. He said, quote, one of the most unfair aspects of a general return of all German and Japanese property is that it would donate huge windfalls to a large to large enemy corporations industrialists and their agents many of whom were strong supporters of the material i'm sorry militaristic and aggressive policies of the former governments of germany and japan end quote so but not all up. of them but but not all of them are yeah Oh my but god but that worry of like they're going to rise I again know, if we I give know. them the stuff back like it's, it's just so it, fucked up and it's seized, a, I know, i'm just thinking about like Again, when we talk about like generational wealth and like yeah. access, and then here we again have like yes. especially with yes. like 
um, the Japanese Americans, like yes. now you've set people back. I definitely want to cover the internment camps because yes. that was an incredible oh. part of our history. I mean, Horrible. I really thought after 9-11 that there was going to be Muslim internment camps. Oh like, my God. I, those families were treated horribly, horribly. horribly. So this Townsend Ugh. seized $329 million in proceeds of Interhandle, a Swiss holding company, saying that it was a front for the real owner, IG Farben, the German chemical cartel. Like he's still taking people's shit in the 19, in 1950s. Um, so finally, on May 13th, 1966, President Lyndon B. Johnson issued Executive Order 11281, which is abolished the office effective June oh, 30th of that year. That's but nice. Like, Nobody, later. nobody gets anything back. Like we held on to all of those things. We still have all of that money. All we of have that, all of that money, but yeah. yet, but yet we can't find. Yeah, I mean, universal what, healthcare. What are you doing? What are you doing with that money? Yeah. Where is that money? What's what are we doing with it? I What's mean, happening? Can you at least try to do something good with it? Oh please, please. <sighs> that doesn't. Like, those two things don't go with the, with the United States. Can you do something good with it? Yeah. Plus the United States. <laughs> no, no, we can't. Oh my goodness gracious. That's my story, bitch. <gasps> it's crazy to me. Mm. I would love to like know like what are things that we use today that are with another American company that was basically ripped off from someone else. Mm. That, yeah. that we're using. That's pro I mean, there's probably so many different things. But even like to come up with an idea and like, this is a unique idea. I'm going to yes. patent it. And now it's right? gone. Now it's gone. I mean, intellectual property. Oh, that's fucked up. That fucking pisses yeah, me I off. I mean, come yeah. on. Like, it takes a lot of work. Although it'd be kind of funny. Someone's like, we need to confiscate every muck episode that's ever existed. <laughs> I'm like, we've made it. Yeah. <laughs> but pay us. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Give me my money, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, I'm Pantsless Aaron. This is Stevie. And I'm Augie. And we are BFYTW, a podcast all about playing games and having fun. Our games are usually based on British panel shows and game shows, but we'll play anything that captures our attention and imagination. Why? It's right there in the title. You'll never guess what the F stands for. All right, well, we're going to take a little sad turn. Oh, for fuck's sake, I'm Tina. I'm sorry. Jesus, not on every fucking week. Every with this. week, every week. Oh, my ah. God. All right. Today, oh, I'm going to tell you the story oh, of Melissa Lucio. Okay. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, goodness gracious. Tina, if you can't even get through the first sentence, I I, we're not going to make it through this. Melissa Lucio lost her daughter after a tragic accident. But despite no evidence to the contrary, the state of Texas sentenced her to death for a murder that may have never happened. What? So this is really about what I see as a corruption of the justice system and specifically oh, for the state of sake. Texas. Okay, so our story um, takes place in uh, Texas beginning in 2007, and it's currently happening today. In fact, Lucio is sentenced to die in um, two two weeks from what? when our episode airs. No. Yeah. Yeah. Our producer, Alfredo, shared this case uh, mm. with me. And I just feel like it's an important thing to talk about because it demonstrates not only, you know, um, the wrongful sort of prosecution of people, but specifically the inequities that we see with women of color in the justice mm. system. Yes. So I want to preface this with a trigger warning because from a young age, um, mm. Melissa 
faced horrible things that no person or child should have to endure. So according to the Innocence Project, uh, Melissa, she was a Mexican-American. She was born in Lubbock, Texas. Her family faced poverty, and she also witnessed the physical abuse um, that her mother endured from her partner. And from the time that she was six years old, she was sexually assaulted by several relatives. What? Yeah, and one being a partner of her mother's. And I watched, there is um, a documentary and it's like the state of Texas versus Melissa. And the mother in the documentary is like, you know, she says that this thing happened. If she said it happened, it happened. But I think at the time the mother didn't believe her because she's like, you know, there was a time where she was a young girl and like told her mom, like this thing was happening. Six years old, mom. Well, I don't, I don't know what it started when she was six, but I don't know what age she like said to her mom. She's like, we were in the kitchen or something like that. And Hey, this thing is happening. Her mom's like, that's not happening. Like, don't say things like that. Jesus Christ. And I think that happens quite a bit. Yeah, but where um, people don't want to believe that this thing is happening. Yeah, but, 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 it's a child. But, but it's yeah. a child. The reason why women don't want to believe it is because then you have to throw this fucking piece of shit yes. out and they might be alone. Like, your child's yes. safety is more important yes. than anything else. Oh. Get that fucking piece of shit Get him out. out. Get them out. So, like many abused folks, Melissa. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, I can't fucking stand that. That fucking pisses me off. Yeah. That happens all the fucking time. I know. Why aren't women stronger than that? And well, I hate, and was, I hate to be alone. Abused, I have to tell you. A, the mother was abused as well. So then I she think knows. There's this like cycle, there's, you know, but I, there's a psychological thing there too. I, I, there I is think. no excuse for this bullshit. No. It fucking kills people. This is bullshit. I, know. I, I fucking know. hate this, Tina. I, I don't like that. So, I, I know. We have to be better than this. I know. We, these are our children. I know. These are, ba- uh, it's, and these men, like, fuck. Well, they prey on the women who are single yes. and have kids. Yes. You know? So, she tries to find a way out, and at a very young age. So, Melissa, um, she she saw, like, the only way that she could get out of this was to get married. So, at 16 years old. Oh, for fuck's sake. She married someone, but life was still challenging for her. It wasn't uh, like, hey, oh, I got 16 married. 16-year-old bride? Yeah, of course. 16-year-old bride. And her husband uh, perpetuated the same abuse that she witnessed, like, her mother going old, through in her relationship. Was he a lot so, older? Um, I don't know how much older. I mean, I don't think he was much older, but he was abusive to her physically mm. And we know that oftentimes like children who grow up in abusive homes end up repeating that cycle of abuse in their own relationships, right? And that's what happened here with uh, Melissa. And because she was so young, when she married, she couldn't escape the marriage. You know, here's this young girl who's witnessing abuse, who's abused herself, who's now in an abusive relationship, and it's hard for her to get out of it. Mm. And she's still a kid at that time. Christ. So like many victims of abuse, uh, she ends up developing a substance abuse problem. And eventually her husband leaves her. And at the time they had five children. Oh my God. I know. I know. Bitch, what the fuck? I know. Come on. And then she then begins a relationship with someone else, but he physically and sexually assaults her regularly. Oh my God. You know and what? He even threatened her life. Tina. I know. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know. I, 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 this is very difficult. I, so she had nine more children. I'm with sorry. This. What? No, I'm sorry. I know. Stop. <laughs> That's fucking insane. No, I know. We're talking about 14 fucking kids altogether. So she had 14. So, okay. So she had, 
at the time that her daughter, um, Mariah, um, at the time of Mariah's death, there were 12 kids, but she was pregnant at the time with twins. So that's where the 14 come What the in. fuck? What kind of a luck is that? I know. You got fucking but, and twins at the last fucking- Yeah, uh, and I mean, I know like, a, I mean, I get it. Like I, I having that many children and the, the difficulties that they're facing and the poverty that they're facing and all of this, like I understand that we might say, oh my God, like wh- why is she having so many children? But I yeah. also think that- there's cultural things at play that there, you know, there's all of these. I, other I, I cannot, I, I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. There or are things you yeah. can do. Right. But maybe like, the, I, I think like for some people, like abortion or thing is like, no, no, you can, not even yeah. abortion or birth control. At the yes. fucking hospital when you have the 10th baby. Yeah. Maybe say to the doctor while you're in there. Right. But for some people, they say to get in your tubes, you know, like if it's someone's Catholic. Like that's considered a sin, right? Like that you're not supposed to use birth control. You're not supposed to. I'm just, I'm just playing devil's I, I just, advocate I, here. I, I totally, side, I totally understand. Know? But there yeah. has, you have to. I know. You know, I know. It, I, you're right. I can't get into this mind frame. I know. But now there's all of these children. There's all of these children. Out there. And so, this woman who has suffered and suffered and right. suffered and, and suffered. She, I'm, and I'm, like I all she, her value is, is laying there while right. somebody fucks you know puts more children inside of right. her and it's just infuriating yeah. like you have and more I value think, that but she doesn't understand yeah. that because but she's think, had a life I, of yeah. abuse but i think she wanted the children around her you know i don't know i don't know what else well was then going that's on. insane that's selfish as fuck i, I mean, don't know i don't do know that. yeah so um mariah the two she was two and a half years old she had a congenital foot deformity um, and that was reported by the intercept. And as a result, she had to wear these special shoes. So she didn't walk maybe as well, um, as she should have as that at that time. And here's where the major incident oh, comes in. Oh, for fuck's sake. So on February 15th, 2007, Melissa's daughter, Mariah fell down a steep staircase. There were about 14 steps outside of the apartment. So they were actually in the process of moving things out of the apartment because um, one, that they, like the stairs weren't really safe. Like it wasn't like the best apartment. She's in an apartment with 12 children. So they're trying to move to another location. And that's what they were in the middle of actually moving. And two days later on February 17th, she didn't wake up. So she fell down the stairs, you know, hit her head. And a lot of times, like if you don't, know the signs of a hit head injury you know um so this is the this is the death yeah she fell downstairs she and hit her fell, head she fell downstairs and this woman's in jail for this yeah oh come on well so there's a lot of other things at oh play. boy so remember she doesn't walk well to begin with right the she's stairs are rickety probably not a good apartment mom it's clear that it could be you know dangerous right oh my god so the article notes that um Melissa may have missed the signs of her daughter's head injuries. So for example, Mariah threw up the day of the accident after she ate, but she's two and a half years old. So, you know, like sometimes kids throw up, you know, like the system. I know this, this woman has slipped through the system. How many times in her fucking life could she have been helped? How many times? I know. How many times could this have been fucking stopped? Right. This is this is so upsetting. This, this story is terrible. It's like one disaster it's one after disaster the other. After the next. So the next day, while she was eating cereal, like she, you know, she's like, "Here's your breakfast. Here's cereal." She wasn't. Um, she ate the breakfast, but by dinner time, 
she didn't want to eat and she sort of was like clenching her like you know yeah didn't want food only wanted to drink juice and then later on it seemed like like maybe she was like having a little struggle breathing but Melissa thought like it was from a cold. So like, it's like all these things that yeah, she just right. wasn't aware. Right. You're not looking and for those things. And she was lethargic. So she put her to sleep. They were in the new apartment at this time. Cause remember okay. they're moving. Yes. Right. And Mariah's father, uh, Alvarez, he went to check on her and noticed that she wasn't breathing, breathing. And they immediately call 911. Right. So here's the thing. All right. So they claim like when the paramedics come and they find her, they, they, you know, they see bruising on her and they, you know, um, and the medical examiner thinks that the death isn't from an accident. They think that it was because the girl was abused and that's why she died, that, that they hit her to the point, like that they hit her to cause that head injury and that she didn't fall down the stairs. And, um, there's no concrete evidence of abuse. NPR reported that CPS was present in Melissa's life because of the poverty, and at times they were homeless. And The Intercept reported that she tested positive for cocaine after the birth of Mariah. So the oh, kids were- Excuse me? Yeah. What? Yeah, because remember, she has a substance abuse oh problem. Oh my God. So the kids are put in foster care, and she worked really hard to get her kids back. And the Intercept further reported that while the house was a bit chaotic, right, there were a lot of kids, her oldest was a teenager at the time, the caseworker assigned to Melissa did not report any signs of abuse on any of the kids, right? Because they're- Did the caseworker ever show up? Like, what? Well, did the caseworker actually I mean, go to the fucking house? Yeah the, yeah, the caseworker, you know, would check in, right? And the Innocence Project reports that in the 12,000 pages of documents from CPS, there are 12,000 pages- there is zero evidence that Melissa ever hurt her children. And in fact, all of her kids reported that she was never violent with them. Right? Okay. They're, so they're like, this didn't happen. Yeah. So um, when her daughter dies, the police immediately take her into custody. Jesus. All right. So now like her daughter, her two and a yeah. half year old has died. Yes. Yes. She is. I, I can't even mm. imagine what about the father? What she's um, dealing with. And the father too. Okay. Okay. And they interrogate her for hours. Of course. It's like seven or 10 hours. So it's like Jesus. nighttime. Her daughter's gone. Seven or 10 hours of their like, you know, yeah. um, talking Relentless. about her. Yeah. And here's the other thing. And don't flip out. Uh, well, that's now <sighs> I'm going to have to flip I out. Know. So there was some evidence of bruising on... Don't, don't tell me, Mariah. Her, don't tell me like not and sexual, so, not, no, no, no bruising. Like, you know, like yeah. bruises, um, that appear to be like more like older than like a couple of days. Um, Melissa did say, yes, I would spank her. Yes. You know? And so they have this doll, like you have, there's this video where they, they hand her a doll and they're like, show us how you hit her. And she like, you know, spanks the baby. And they're like, no, it has to be harder than that. Show us what you did. And she's like, you know, like, she's like that. I mean, what do you want? It's a doll. Like this is. And they're like, no, it had to be more than that. Come on, tell us. Tell. And like, I mean, oh it's my like God. the police relentless, are fucking, relentless. This is uh, and I can see disgusting. Like, I could see from like a police. This, this woman needs help. She, she needs, needs help. help. She needs help. And I could see from a police standpoint, like if the medical examiner is like, this girl is bruised. She's been hit. She's been murdered. That they're like, you killed your, you know, like they want to know what happened to this little girl. Like I get it. Like to see a little girl 
die like, you know, it's terrible. Fucking insane. So after hours, she finally says, because they're like, you know, just tell us. And she's like, I I guess I did it. Like, and they're like, she goes, I guess I did it. I'm responsible. Boom, handcuffed, thrown in jail, $2 million bond. Oh my God. Never comes out again. And NPR reported that this was, when she says this, this was after denying any culpability for over 100 times. And we know like shows like Making a Murderer, we've brought to light how certain police interrogation techniques can lead to false confessions. And the Innocence Project relays a ton of statistics on that. And in fact, they reported that, quote, coerced false confessions are a leading cause of wrongful conviction and even more prevalent among women wrongly convicted of killing a child like Melissa. Mm. And they go on to say that Melissa, like other women who have suffered abuse, often give false confessions because they are more vulnerable to coercive techniques and conditions. Mm. So already think about it. She is an abused woman. Yeah. And they're almost like abusing her in the the way that they are interrogating her. She's a woman. And so, you know, like, I I feel like the response is always to be like, okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Because Because that's what she's conditioned to do, to just give in so she does, she can get the fuck out of the situation. Yes. It's just, it, it is so upsetting. The whole thing is terrible. Even from her being a child, she didn't ever have she a had, fucking chance. She has no like, fucking no chance. chance. It's so fucking no upsetting. Chance. It's no so chance. upsetting. So, like I said, like her daughter just died. She's sitting there for hours. Like the grief alone had to be debilitating. Jesus. The coercion, relentless. Like the emotional and physical exhaustion. Like, what do you want from somebody? And she can't, what do you not, want from I, I somebody? Mean, obviously she's not saying lawyer, right? Like no. she, she probably has no idea. Probably thinks I can't afford this anyway. I'm not entitled to it. Like, it's just so fucked up. Right. It's right. so fucked up. And I feel like too, like, or, or that like you're deserving of an attorney or understand like the system. And yeah. No, has no, no. Yeah. Fuck. So here's where like the muckiness comes in. Um, the state of Texas offered really no evidence of a murder. They don't offer evidence. And Judge uh, Katharina Haynes, writing for the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, stated on behalf of herself and seven other dissenting judges that, quote, the state presented no physical evidence or witness testimony establishing that Lucio abused Mariah or any of her children, let alone killed Mariah, and that, quote, the jury was deprived of key evidence to weigh. That is the point. So this is the thing that I just find so fascinating about our court system is that a judge can choose what evidence the jury can hear and what evidence they can't hear. And sometimes that evidence is something that could sway the jury, at least maybe not doing a complete not guilty, but taking the death penalty off the table, taking a life sentence off the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I was like, what the heck is going on? And the state of Texas, you know, here's the state that like raw, raw death penalty. And never raw, raw women. Never. Never. And never. And a Latino. Oh my God. Come on. The Washington Post reported that some of the evidence excluded from the jury was testimony from expert witnesses who would have testified to her years of abuse and how that abuse may have made her vulnerable to a false confession because of the need to please people. Hello! But at the time, the judge was like, nope, we're not going to hear that testimony. Sorry, not allowing it. 
And the Washington Post also reported that Melissa's current attorney, so she had her attorney back then, and she currently has an attorney now through the Innocence Project, Mm -hmm. Vanessa Potkin, explained that the medical examiner noted the following on Mariah's body. So like I said, there was bruising. There was a fracture in her arm. There was missing or patchy hair. And there were marks on her back. But is the fracture from falling? The fracture seems like it was from earlier. Okay, Tina. I know, I, I know, I know, I know. This is, this, I know. So the medical. She's ex- two and a half years old. Know, Why does she have a fractured fucking I arm? I know. Dude, it's not okay. It's this not This is okay. not fucking cool. But, but the fracture, they say may What's have been. What's happening to the, the other fracture kids? said it may have been, the, it, it could have been from the, the fall. But I, I don't know like how they tell, like how, you know, the healing and yes. all of that. So the medical examiner, examiner said that she was abused and died of a head injury. But Potkin explained that other possibilities were never explored. Like the Emmy saw the little girl and immediately was like, head injury, the parents did it, end of story, and did not examine. Are these signs of an accident? Do, is this consistent with a fall down the stairs? Like they just... They didn't do it at all. Like they did not do their due diligence to say, this is what we think. Maybe the girl was abused to the point where she was killed, but we need to rule out yeah. an accident. And they didn't but do it. So when, but when they get to the court, when they get to the trial, can't the defense attorney say, uh, you, the fractures here or this abuse? No, I think they took that. I think they didn't allow, I don't know if they allowed that. Oh, I don't know that part. So like that, you got to give the jury. Right. Or the judge, whatever, who's doing the sentencing. You have to give them like, is this a possibility? Could right. this be a from, she fell off her bed 10, right. 10 weeks ago right. or something. Right. Like, you have to say, you have to leave that, that room for doubt that so, it wasn't from anything else. But I think like they just, um, th- there was a lot, like they didn't allow her other children to testify on like oh, her, Jesus. like nothing. So the medical examiner, like I said, said that she dies of this head injury and Potkin explains the other possibilities quote there has never been a proper examination of the forensic evidence in this case to determine the medical support that Mariah died accidentally the bruising fracture it could be consistent with a fall down the steps but no one collected evidence or investigated anything they automatically just jump to she's guilty right and that's how they, the police went in like that. Like that was it, like in their minds. So she didn't get a fair shot from the start. Yeah. The Action Network petition further notes that Melissa's attorney has expert testimony stating that the injuries could be from a fall. And her original lawyer, okay, so she had this guy, Peter Gilman, um, not Potkin. Potkin is her innocence project. Right. Her original uh, attorney back in 2007, 2008 was this guy, Peter Gilman. Um, he, from 14 years ago, never called her children as witnesses to her character <sighs> and to state that they never witnessed her abuse any of the kids or themselves and allegedly ignored evidence that one of the other kids may have been abusive towards Mariah. Well, that's what I was thinking. The Intercept added that one of Melissa's teenage daughters admitted in June Hello. 2008 that she, quote, was the reason Mariah fell down the stairs. But no one used this in court. And Gilman, Melissa's attorney at the time, told the daughter, quote, not to disclose this information to anyone. Wow. Her own attorney's like, yeah, no, we're not going to bring that evidence in. So I feel like that alone should be like, we need a new trial. <laughs> like her first attorney was not like yeah. uh, doing, I don't know what the legal term is, but you I have to I can't believe she's going to, she could possibly be 
killed in two fucking in two weeks. weeks. In two weeks. She'll be the first uh, woman to be uh, killed by the state of Texas. And this fucking Abbott. There's no fucking oh. way that governor is going to give her a reprieve. So, right? yeah. So uh, just to like play the other side a little bit, some people um, don't believe that story about the daughter. They point that the other kids who saw that Mariah fell would have indicated that like the other daughter would have pushed because they were all like, there's 12 kids and they're moving. Like there, there were kids there that saw her fall, you know, like, so I don't know if they're I mean, quite, she's got a bad foot. She, yeah. she fucking fell down the stairs. This is not a fucking, uh, it's right. open and shut. Well, I don't understand because she had a couple of bruises. My kids have bruises on right. them. It's not for me hitting them. Right. So the intercept reported that Dr. Thomas Young, a pathologist said that the original medical examiner may have rushed to judgment with the abuse charge and potentially missed evidence that may have provided this to be an accident. And instead, during the trial, the bruising was shown as evidence of repeated abuse and the jury believed the medical examiner. And I get it. Like you have a medical expert. Yeah. Like they're like like the top person who conducts autopsies in but the county. they're also human and make fucking mistakes. Right. And we have to remember and, and that. They, and they probably go, well, she has to know what she's looking at. Like, you know what I mean? And at one point, Gilman, that original attorney, encouraged um, Melissa to plead guilty and take a 30-year sentence. Jesus. And Melissa said, quote, and I said no right away because I wasn't guilty. She's like, I'm not going to take this plea. Like, I didn't do it. So why are we still allowing, is this a state thing? I don't know. But why are we still allowing cops to talk to people for over 10 hours? I think like it should I be a couple that, hours well, I think and that then get the cap. fuck out. I like think you there's can't, a cap. I think it's like, I forget what it is. Is it 24 hours? It's like, you cannot, I think you're not allowed to hold someone for more than 24 hours. I don't know how long you're allowed to interrogate. But as soon as someone says, I want my attorney, like they have to stop. I have told my children. I don't even care what yeah. the fuck it is. You get picked up by the cops. Yeah, all attorney. you say is lawyer. Don't That's fucking it. say another yeah. goddamn motherfucking word yeah. ever. Attorney. Ever. Attorney. That's and it. and or parents, like just call your parents. I don't think they can talk to them without us if they're under 18. If they're under 18, but if they're 18 and over, yeah. call it doesn't matter. Lawyer, even lawyer, if they're lawyer, in high lawyer. school, imagine. Oh. These kids. <sighs> and they want to get out. Oh, I'll let you go if you let me know. Oh, like, my I'll God. let you go. You can go home. You can go free. You can. Oh, don't believe anything. Jesus. So um, Melissa was sentenced to death on July 10th, 2008. And she's scheduled, like I said, to be executed on April 27th. It's fucked up, dude. So this poor woman, right? To suffer what she suffered, then to lose her child, then to face charges for her death, and then to be sentenced to death. Like, here's the thing. I, I, here's how the do thing. you handle that? No, I don't know. How do you, how do you her whole like, life. exist? Her whole life. So here's oh. the thing. People have suffered abuse as children and they go on to live different lives they right. choose to say now listen she was in a different i'm not saying you know I, i'm all for pulling yourself out from the bootstraps this woman had she had no shot there was no right. she could have maybe if she had like it depends something. it's you I can mean, make choices yeah. to turn your life in a different direction and i'm not, not judging easy. her it's, it's not, not fucking easy, easy. it it's is not, not fucking easy. it isn't it is not and she's given a bum rap because of these biases and everything oh that's my happened God. to her but this this isn't what happened to her as a child is not indicative of her being an abusive mother. Like it's not, yeah, there's I mean, nothing about that, but <sighs> she's been raised really in a fucked up situation. She's, I mean, and she <sighs> continued to have children. I don't understand that Tina. I do not understand I know, that. She I cannot. And she's got a drug addiction. This is really insane. I, I mean, that doesn't mean she killed her kid. No, and she deserves that's to the fucking thing. die. That's the thing. But I don't understand thing, this life. Like, I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, 
I wish that I could. I have all the sympathy. She should not be. She should not she, be yeah. uh, on death row. No fucking way. All right. So some of the aftermath, the DA at the time, and this is a really interesting piece of the story, Armando Villalobos, he wanted to win this case. Why? He was up for reelection. Oh my God. And so he's selfish and he wanted this win because, you know, here I am. And I'm sure people were talking about, you know, this little girl dying and whatnot. Um, and a win would look good for him. But guess what? He's in jail. What? Yeah. After being convicted of bribery and extortion. Oh my God. We need to do a muck episode on him. Oh so my God. So I'm gosh. like, you know, this guy who's, who's a criminal himself, who's only out for himself, who, and, and that's the thing. It's like, he's looking for a win. So he's probably pressuring every, you know, there's all of these things at play and there's a woman's life at stake. This is not good. Not um, good. Because she was incarcerated, Melissa's children end up suffering. Um, at the time of Mariah's death, the children ranged in age from two to 15 and they were separated. Some were sent to relatives. Some became uh, wards of the state and uh, the twins she was pregnant with, she had to give them up for adoption. So there's that. Um, and she said in that documentary, she's like, some of my kids like remember me and some of them don't really have memories of her at all. Um, in 2019, her conviction is overturned by a three judge panel of the fifth U S circuit court, Which, the person that I quoted. Yeah. That's why uh, I, w I was very confused of why she's right. on death row because uh, this judge seemed to be on her side. Right. And according to NPR, they found quote, her constitutional right to, uh, present a meaningful defense was not provided to her. But later on, the full court upheld the decision of her conviction in 2021, stating, quote, despite the difficult issue of the exclusion of testimony that might have cast doubt on the credibility of Lucio's confession. So they were just like, despite that, eh, the conviction stands. Sorry. But why? Does it make sense? I mean, who knows? Who knows like what they have, like what their motives are. Uh, three jurors have come out from that original trial saying that they doubt that she is guilty. And it's mainly because they didn't get to hear a solid defense. One juror, Johnny Gallivan, noted, quote, she was not evil. She was just struggling. If we had heard passionately from the defense defending her in some way, we might have reached a different decision. So she had a shit attorney who just was like, take the deal and probably was like, meh, you know. SCOTUS denied a review of the case uh, back in October 2021. <laughs> surprise, um, surprise. The decision to spare her life is going to be made two days before her scheduled execution. Oh, God, Tina. I know. And her sister, Sonia Valencia, had this to say, quote, I believe in my sister's innocence. I'm going to fight for my sister until the very end, until <laughs> she comes Christ. home. I'm going to keep fighting. I know. All right, so some points of interest. Um, it's imperative that Melissa gets support. So um, on our notes, we're going to have the uh, petition from the Innocence Project. The link can be found there. Or if you just Google search her name, uh, Melissa Lucio's L-U-C-I-O petition. I'm sorry, I don't want to make you sad. I can't. It's too much, dude. This is fucking and ridiculous. And I think, like, if you guys can just share, this comes out this, you know, Wednesday, two weeks before all this. So if everyone could just share, 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 share this story um, on your social medias to get people to sign the petition, the more attention the story gets, the more chance she has to be granted clemency from death row. Oh, and there's no time left, right? The time is now. Not with that governor. I, I, and I, um, 
Like I insane. said, if the execution goes through, she would be the first Latina woman to be executed by the state of Texas. And the hypocrisy is like too much for me here. This is the same state that's outlawing abortion as murder and calling on citizens to like have a $10,000 bounty on someone getting an abortion or helping someone, but we're going to kill a mother who lost her child. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's, it's ludicrous. Yeah. It's ludicrous. So um, another bit that's wild that I was, I was shocked. Um, Mariah's father, Robert Alvarez, he was also found guilty. NPR reported that he was found responsible for the daughter's care Please. along with the mother. Oh my God. Melissa. What? Yeah. His crime now. Um, and I think this goes to maybe like some of the bruising. So, cause she had this uh, charge as well. So his crime was injury to a child by omission, but guess how much time he received? Five years. Four. Motherfucker. What the fuck? Four years. What the fuck? Four. Why? But like, what the fuck Four is years. this? Bullshit. Because she's the one that said, this I guess I did it. And I guess they're saying, well, he was present. Like, he's and by the way, how do you come and how do you I, meet a woman with that many fucking children and get her pregnant over and over and right. over again? You fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Fuck you. Can you imagine? And now this? he got, he has none of those kids. He's not taking, now he's not taking care of those fucking kids. He's out of fucking jail walking around. Jail. And this woman's going to be fucking killed. Fuck you. I am. And fuck Texas and fuck all of this is fucking bullshit. So she's been sitting in jail. Since 2007, 15 years. Motherfucker. She might be executed and he got sentenced to four. Like, it doesn't make sense. This is fucking It doesn't make up. sense. You know what? Let me tell you something right fucking now. I, I, I this story, I, it's, it's stirring too much fucking shit for me. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm so fucking upset about I'm this so, story. I'm so sorry. No, it's <laughs> fine. But you know what? We have to talk about these things. Yeah. And I, it's another example of where women are fucking nothing. Like that's right. how it feels. Do you have any idea what it feels like to walk around in, the, in this world, in this country, in this state, anywhere and know that you are worth nothing that you are not valued that our bodies are not fucking valued our the we can't even make decisions about our bodies our children were judged in ways and and, and supposed to be you know super fucking heroes as mothers right. and workers and and and, and, and wives everything we're supposed to be everything and held to a standard that is fucking impossible this woman had no chance in hell she to have no a fucking chance. good life and had one man after the other Hurt her from a, a, as a baby to an adult. She had no fucking chance. She was used and abused by everybody and, and used drugs to numb the fucking pain in her life and her brain. And, and then is continued to be fucking abused by the justice system that's supposed to be helping innocent fucking people. It's, and the man oh. that was next to her as her partner walked out after four fucking years. Fuck I, you. Oh. She's going to die. She's. She's going to fucking die. She's going to die in jail. She's going to be put to death. There's, I don't see any other way about it. I mean, I hope that it doesn't happen. I hope but it doesn't happen. But this woman's life has been fucking hell right. from being as a child, which nobody was protecting her. Nobody right. protected her. And, and the thing that I feel like we have to talk about, that if this situation, if it was a white woman, Ugh. I don't think that we would be having this conversation. No way. I don't think that it would be the same. I don't. You're I don't. absolutely right. I mean, we see women, black women in jail for no kind of crime at all. It's spending 20 years in jail for like having some pot or some bullshit like that. It's, 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 it's not right what we are doing. We are, it's not right what this country is doing. 
It is. And the state of Texas. It's exhausting. The state of Texas. It's fucking exhausting. And so like, this is another example as well of like why when people, and I understand, I understand why people don't want to get involved in like politics and things like that. But this is why we need you. This is why Governor Abbott should not be the governor of Texas. I mean, there's a number of reasons why. Oh, he's disgusting. Even just just to talk about like their uh, power companies, right? Like the rolling blackouts and shit that happens. please. That's a reason enough that people have died in those rolling blackouts because they didn't have heat in the middle of winter. And so it's like, that's even, that's one, the tip of the iceberg underneath. Like these elections fucking matter. This woman's life is on the line. And so I know people don't care, but like, this is a right. one example of like someone's life that is in, in, in trouble now. In danger. And, and we all, every part of it fucking matters. Every single part from a fucking municipality race to the governor's race, every fucking part. Yeah. Cause those motherfuckers run for higher office. Yes. Like all of these things it's, matter. Yes. Yes. You know, you and, and stop we have it. to start you thinking gotta, about that. You gotta stop it before it grows into something else. Right. You got a Tina. Jesus, smash the serpent's egg. I know. I'm sorry. All right. So, um, Kim Kardashian. She's called for clemency. Dash. Is it Dashian? Is it? You're thinking Kardashians. The oh, podcast. oh. What did I say? <laughs> I think you said Kardashian. Oh, Kardashian. Okay, <laughs> let me start over. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Has called for clemency, and I'm not a fan of. Them yeah, but she helped that all. other girl. She helped that other girl, but it's like whatever it takes. And yeah. if she's got bring the, them big titties got, out I, and let's fucking get her off. Let's, let's go. I'm looking here for. I'll take my titties out. Let's just do it. Oh my god. Do it. So, um, the state of Texas versus Melissa. That it's on Hulu. You know, watch oh, it. I can't. I can't. Um, there's and there's no an way. article on the documentary that revealed that Melissa did admit to spanking and perhaps I think she said maybe even biting her daughter, oh which my may god. be abusive. Right? Let's. We got to remember. Her no, don't background. bite people, please. Okay, but it's not murder. No. Right. It's not murder. And even Gilman, this jerk of a first uh, attorney, had this to say. My client is not up for mother of the year. She's guilty of child abuse, but that they haven't proven she intentionally murdered her child. And again, her kids have said she never hurt them. They still to this day say she never hurt us. And it seems like the state like they really did jump to conclusions and the D.A. pushing for a win like it didn't help. And to me, it's just another instance of the state abusing its power and punishing someone for a crime you know that, that may have never happened. It's also like the cops because you from the jump they were doing this too. Right. And it's there's a we're gonna protect each other, even though they know they fucking shouldn't have charged her. There's no fucking way those cops believe that. But we have to I continue think, I think and the fight cops for this. Believe it. I think the Emmy was like, oh my god, this girl was beaten to death. Like like, but even couldn't those two be in cahoots with each other? Maybe, but you know? I think I think the medical examiner just, I, I don't, you know, is there a bias there from the medical examiners? Was this white woman was the medical examiner? Yes, there's Look, bias. Right, she's looking at this a baby. Chi- like that's that's you know, that's and then she's like, oh, kid. this poor, yeah, you know, woman, drug abuser. You know, what I mean, like they, there's all of this stuff in play that has tarnished this case. Oh my god, I. I, I... So that's I, I the can't, story oh, of the wrongful conviction of Melissa Lucio. Well, I'm sorry. Tell Alfredo and go fuck himself because <laughs> it's bullshit, the story. Oh my God. But I, it's just, I think it's so important because we have to hold the state, our, our district attorneys, like we have to hold these people accountable and, and for their okay. actions. And sometimes it's, it, and, 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 and I, you see it in so many, I mean, we listen to a lot of true crime and a lot of times, 
this happens in so many other cases where it's like they just want to win or they feel that they're right and they don't care because right. because yes. especially when you're a DA and you're in an elected seat, you want to have like this record of wins, 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 wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's what they're focused on. They're focused on themselves and their office and the publicity and what it looks like more than maybe. And here's the thing, Governor Abbott, right. who will never hear this. Here's uh, the thing. You can, you can say no. Like, he needs it's okay. to say no. And nobody's, I mean, nobody's ever going to, no one, it'll be in the paper for like a week. But you can, uh, but get, people you can might grant, actually celebrate you for you something. You can grant her clemency and move on with your life and nothing ever will happen. Like, it's okay. Like there are, I believe it was the governor of Kentucky. He just said, fuck this. He's not signing this ban on trans. You know, we started here. Right. Where we, we're banning trans children from playing sports. <sighs> this is now all over the place. They signed it in, in other states this session. But Kentucky and Kentucky and another state, these two governors, who I believe were Republicans, were like, no. I'm not signing this. Yeah. There's it's choices. Okay. It's you okay to choices. say no. You it's choices. okay. And it's not going to cost you a re-election. Oh, Governor please. Abbott, you'll be just fine. You can move on uh, with your life. You can actually not do this. It's okay to do yeah. it. You could say no. No one's ex- like. It's so scary. It's not, I can't imagine what she's. I can't. This is, so a per, scary. this is a human being's life. This is. It's yeah. her life. Uh, uh, I know. I can't. I can't. I just, I just feel like. I about mean, her as a little I, girl. I. I. It's it's, it makes me sick to my stomach. It's terrible. So we need to, we just, uh, we, our justice system needs to do better. And thank God for organizations like the Innocence Project. Thank oh, God. I hope they save her life. Thank she God it. for attorneys who have been working on her case for years, for years. She's not paying them, right? Like they're like, this is not right. Like we need to, to help. Jesus. We need to help. I hope I didn't come off too hard on her. I just, you no, know. No, I mean, I, it, it, there's I, a lot of different pieces to this story. There is, and there's I, There's a lot you know, of different pieces. I didn't grow up in a poor household. We were definitely just middle class, but like just middle class. Do you know what I mean? And there were situations in my house that I would never repeat ever with my children. Like you have to, there comes, and I had more of, obviously, I can't compare it to like the what right. she had as a child right. and like probably was very poor and et cetera, et cetera. Like, but you, there's a point. There's a point at, as parents where it's not even just physical abuse, but like emotional things and like verbal things where you know damn fucking well you will never repeat these things with your children, right? Like right. you're gonna stop this pattern well, you of hope, whatever you it hope. was. Yeah, but you have to make those kinds of decisions. And and uh, you know she's she's making decisions. She's having more right. children in a, in a way that is just so horrible. It just never. It's never going to be okay to continue to, to like, like you're saying surround herself with the children, but like, I don't know if that's, the, but like, even reason, like, like that makes sense too, though. Like yeah. she wants love, right? Yeah. She wants that kind of comfort. And maybe she thinks she's, I don't know how many different parents, fathers there are of these children too, but like those men aren't there, right? Like it's just, it's just such a fucking sad life. And I know, I know. It's, it's like she never had a chance, and yeah, and I, even I, her, even even her life is going to be taken from her because they've taken just, everything else. Yeah. It's it's awful at the hands of of monsters, yeah, including her mother. I mean, including her mother. I'm sorry, that's our job. Yeah, they it's our job. You protect your kids. I you know. don't fucking do that, and then immediately <sighs> put her into counseling or something. Get her right. some sort of help. Right, but you know, I. I She's getting married at 16 to get out of your house. Yeah. Could you imagine one of your kids do that? Oh my God. What, what, what are you doing? Oh. Cause your no. house is so bad. She's 16. That's three years older than my daughter right now. Yeah. 
to get out. She to has get to get out. married. And then and then she's abused again. I mean, of course. She's uh, not choosing she's not choosing a fucking like, poor winner. Baby. Poor baby. No, oh, it's uh, I want to I just want to hold her. Yeah. I want to hug her. I want to give her show her love and affection and I want to like I know. You know, it, it's fucking insane. It is. It's I I don't even know what I I don't even know. Uh, all right. Well, well Tina, I know, I'm sorry. You know, this is bullshit. Please. <laughs> Please. I'll I'll do something better next week. Please, uh, I can't do, handle this. I won't do a sad story next week. God, now we got to record patron episodes. Patreon. It's gonna episodes. be great. We'll 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 <laughs> we'll move on to something silly. Oh. Uh, all right, this is not my week. This Aww. is not my week. <laughs> well, we love you guys. Oh hi. I feel like there was something else I wanted to say at the end of this, and I don't remember now. Oh. Yeah, I wanted to say that um, we had an Odd Pods meeting this week. and oh. um, Hi, Odd Pods. Hi. It's, so there's an Odd Pods. There's a podcast called Married with Television. Oh. And, um, oh. Hi. <laughs> What's his name again? Shannon. Hi, Shannon. So Jamie, who is Shannon's co-host on the podcast. I don't know if they're in a relationship. I I don't. I have no idea, but yeah, they're definitely don't. co-hosts. Yes. Um, she said, like, no, well, oh. it's married with television. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> we should really know more about the shows that we are in uh, the network with. So. We try, guys. Listen, we're all, we all have, the, we're just Look trying Tina's to get Look at what she's feeding me. You want me to listen to your podcast now? Great. Um, so uh, I'm going oh. to go cry for 20 minutes in no. the fucking bedroom, 20 hours. So, um. Anyway, Jamie, who's his co-host says, and, and wife, says... Uh, we think. Shannon, I mean, we yeah, don't know what we're talking maybe, about. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> she said, oh, Shannon likes to... He loves uh, falling asleep listening to your podcast. Oh. I was like... Oh. Hi, wait, should we do some... What is it called? ASMR. Yeah. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Shannon. How are you? Good night. Shh. Let's count the sheep together. I'm going to just like... Uh, what, I don't know how to do the ASMR. I'm trying. <laughs> but if you talk like this, maybe you can fall asleep to my voice. Oh, hi, like Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Uh, but I said, I said, what podcast? My podcast? And she yeah. said, yeah. And I said, the one where I scream fuck every five minutes. She goes, yeah. He says your voices are very soothing. Oh, well, thank you, Shannon. <laughs> Shannon. Shannon. <laughs> oh my god let's say goodbye tina goodbye Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do this without you.